Speaking of things that might make your opponent sad. Incoming transmission. Engage house party protocol. Mark 4, powering up. Mark 17, powering up. Mark 44, powering up. All suits are online. Welcome to House Party Protocol. Power up suits and welcome in to another episode of House Party Protocol. My name is Will, and with me today, coming from way up in the north where I assume it's the great white north at all times of the year, but I've been told otherwise. It's the one and only Leland. What's happening, my guy? Not not much, not much. And uh, you're you're not far off. We uh, we have two seasons. We we have winter and then we have like about four weeks of summer. So yeah. <laughs> only four weeks. That sounds that sounds terrible. I, I, I exaggerate. It's worse it's worse further up north. Like it's but it's, oh, it's like yeah, it, our 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 warm season gets shorter and shorter every year, it seems. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. Yeah. I I am not about this cold weather life, so you know, it's it's been down in like 44 degrees here in Memphis, and I'm just like, nope, nope. It's, uh, sorry, I, I have sympathy for you. I really do. <laughs> 44 degrees. Yeah, I know. I know, right? Well, and that's not yeah. Celsius. That's that is Fahrenheit. 44 Fahrenheit. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah, we, uh, we 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 just got dumped on in my particular area with uh, about two feet of snow uh, over the span of two days. Had to had to dig out two days in a row, and whew, yeah, it was, uh, it was about minus. Four uh, Celsius or so. I don't know what that is in in Fahrenheit. In, in cold. real temperature, it was minus four. <laughs> in real temperature, it was minus four. Yeah, it's effing cold where I come from. That's what we call that. It's just effing cold. <laughs> yeah. So, Leland, I'm really excited to have you back today uh, because we've got some very exciting things to do. I'm sure the suits out there have been wondering why I haven't covered Sabretooth Apex Predator yet. And now that we have the Weapon X cards, that's why. I wanted to wait until we got the card so that we could do Apex Predator and the cards all at once because I think that there's a lot of interesting things going on here with these characters and these cards. So, uh, yeah, without further ado, let's dive right in to Sabretooth Apex Predator. And as always, Leland, we have to take a look at this miniature first. And I don't hate it. I, I like this one, I think, a little better than Logan. What about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually right there with you. I, I enjoy this one a lot more than Logan. I like it a lot more than the current Sabretooth. Um, I I like the pose. I like the dynamic nature of it. You know, the the cl uh, the coat flowing back, everything right. like that. Um, and uh, I, I don't know how to describe the aesthetic, but I, I love, like, the beard, the long hair, uh, everything that's going on with it. Uh, I, I enjoy this model quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, me too. And it's one of those things where I'm I'm definitely more of a traditional, quote-unquote, Sabretooth look like his original sculpt was. Like, that's kind of where, when I think of Sabretooth, that's what I think of. But I like this one enough to where it's like there's some interesting dynamic flow, like you said, to the coat and stuff like that, the long hair, all of that stuff. So I think it opens up some interesting hobby possibilities, and I'm excited to see what people do with it. Are you... Potentially going to do anything fun with this one? 
I'm probably going to do stock. I at, at the pace that I have to get some of these models painted up and out and ready for camera and all that sort of stuff, it's just as soon as I start getting creative, they sit on the table for far too long. <laughs> Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Well, for me, if I ever paint him, because, you know, I am a gray lord for life, then uh, I will probably be just stock as well. Basically, to match his color on the character card there, that's probably what I would do. I think it could be fun though, like give him like a tie dye shirt or something like that underneath his jacket. And oh yeah, and uh, maybe, maybe is... go with like maybe with like a, a crushed velvet purple jacket. Oh my gosh, that'd be amazing. Yes, just be like Prince Sabretooth, Apex Predator Prince. Uh... Exactly. <laughs> uh, this is also a really good opportunity for like blood splatter and stuff because I envision this version of Sabretooth, as we're going to talk about in his card, being just covered in buckets of blood. Yep, definitely can see that. Yeah. So, Leland, let's now talk about his character card. We have Sabretooth, Apex Predator, with an alter ego of Victor Creed. So, uh, if you're kind of new to the game and, and just coming in, then why it's important that they have the alter ego name is, so you could potentially have both versions of Sabretooth in your roster, but you could only have one of Victor Creed on the table at a time so that's why the alter ego there is important so yeah just a just a little little thing and most most probably know that but i think it's one of those things that's worth talking about every once in a while but uh we have a top stat line i'm just gonna keep saying top stat line leland i never know if to go left top you know square I, 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 you get the point across that's the important part that is the important part basic stat line that's probably the better part but you know what who cares so we have a four physical defense a three energy defense and a four mystic defense stamina value of seven a threat value of four he is size three and he moves medium so a standout here to me is the change from long to medium on the movement. I really like that. I think that, like, I say I like that. Like, I would rather him move long, don't get me wrong. But I think it's really interesting with how the card goes that he moves medium because, good God, if he moved long, we'd be in trouble. Oh, for sure, for sure. I, I think uh, g given what is on the card, that uh, that medium move makes perfect sense. Um, I, I would say, however, the, the standout for me is that extra point of stamina. Oh, he yes. has over basis, basic Sabretooth. Uh, that extra point of stamina combined with any version of healing factor is just never to be discounted, and it can make for very obnoxious, uh, durable characters. Oh, it, it's insane. And when you think about, like everybody talks about Sentinels being kind of this big health pool that you have to chew through, blah, blah, blah. Sabretooth has more. So Sentinels are seven and six. Sabretooth is seven and Seven six. And six. So like, but he's got the healing factor. So like, when I think about in, in those terms, right? Like the the printed number is the same, but you have to deal with healing factor. You have to deal with exceptional healing. So I feel like that's going to really come into play. What about you? I I agree completely. Actually, like when you if you don't if you don't tap Sabretooth out, you are effectively looking at an extra six health over the course of the game uh which again nothing nothing to be discounted there uh and then exceptional healing is just obnoxious 
it, it is one of those, it, it's like, uh, what is it, uh, Odin's Might, uh, where it's just, you know, you get that big spender, that, that big spike of an attack in, and then all of a sudden they just pull out that card, and, you know, all that excitement just drains away, and Rhodey's now laying dead somewhere because you rolled a whole bunch of criticals. Oh, y- yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's pretty nuts. And I think you're talking about Odin's Blessing? That's the one, Odin's yeah. Blessing, yeah. Yeah, there you go. So it's... It's just nuts, and I know you had a recent battle report where uh, you and Troop were playing. You had some X-Force characters, and you pulled out an exceptional healing after Troop did an attack. I think it was with Mordo, and I was like, I'm sitting there watching this battle report, and I'm like, no, Troop, no, you do the spender first. You do the spender first, because he's going to have exceptional healing online. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's it, and that that's something else. I like it's just the extra little mental load that a card like exceptional healing on a healing factor character brings to the game. It's you always got to think about it, and even if you never end up using it, it's something that's always on the other player's mind. And oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, it's it's pretty nuts. So with all of that said, and uh, his change on the injured side is that stamina goes down to six. But Leland, why don't you cover his attacks? Sure thing. So his uh, his basic builder of attack is a physical attack called Claw Slash. It's range two, strength five for zero power cost. And it does give you power equal to the damage dealt. Uh, and then it has a wild bleed and a wild pierce. So if you roll a single wild, you're going to be able to modify an opponent, one of the opponent's successful defense dice into a blank. And you're going to be able to apply the bleed condition. Uh, and uh, having those together is just, it's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, that's the kind of thing proves yeah. really valuable, uh, I think. And, yeah, just a single wild on five dice, I mean, it's one of those things that's not going to hit all the time, but the pierce, that thing comes in handy, and, oh, boy, does it uh, help you commit that murder that Sabretooth really wants. Well, I also think uh, when you have a pierce on a on a builder attack, it just gives you that much more consistency when it comes to building up your power, right? Oh, absolutely. And it's just, yeah, and it, it's lovely to have. No doubt. And and that's the thing, I think, with stuff like this. And when you read abilities like Pierce, you're like, man, it's just one die. You're just piercing one die. But the majority of defenses in this game are three. Uh, you know, like a three physical. So if you are rolling into that and you get that wild Pierce, you're more likely to do a four damage attack potentially because like let's say you roll three or four successes and your opponent rolls one well then you're piercing that and i mean it just helps your spike potential get that much better and and like you said really makes that consistency really good and uh for people like me who have characters like dr strange and love using their reverse pierce well pierce is really good into dr strange when he's got the ironbound books up because you can turn off the reverse pierce before I get to reverse pierce you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh it's really good. And and it's one of those things where it's I think that I don't want to say that it's like the best like triggering ability in it on a builder, but it's it's a very good one and one that it's like, you know, you don't want to bank on it, but when it hits, it feels real good. Oh yeah, no, for sure. It's and it's one of those things that a lot of people don't always think about. So you know they'll they'll roll their dice, they'll declare, oh you know I got two successes, 
and then you just throw in that cheeky, well, you know, I got that wild there, so, uh, you know, change one of those into a blank. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yes. And, like, and oh, then yeah. you roll against, like, a, an iron fist or somebody with uh, with martial arts who counts blanks as, as successes and then just makes you sad. Oh, yeah, no. Or or it makes the, the iron fist player very happy. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't care how he feels. It just it makes me sad. Oh, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, speaking of things that might make your opponent sad, what's the next attack? So, he's got another physical attack called Bloodthirsty Onslaught. This one is a range 3, 6 dice, for 2 power. And it has, after the attack is resolved, you can place this character within range 1 of the target character. And then it has that cheeky little wild trigger for pierce and bleed. And just, wow, a range 3 with a place. We're, we're seeing this mechanic come up a lot more recently. Oh, yes. And I am all for it. Yeah, I really like this because it gives you some really nice objective play where you're like, okay, cool. I'm going to go get, I'm a little bit far away from this objective. I had to move once, but now I'm sitting here for only two power. It's only two power, which I really like. It's, it's functionally a charge built into an attack if you think about it in those terms, right? It's a, it's a range three charge in a way is the way I look at it. Or at least a hit and run. Yeah, something like that. Anything. It's and and the thing is, now you're able to play objective. You're able to be be in the fight, in the thick of it. The pierce and the bleed is super good. Six dice is on the lower side of a spender for a four threat character. But we have some fun things to talk about here in a minute. So I'm gonna bury the lead a little bit. So don't don't let the six dice scare you. This is one where I could see him using this a fair bit. And when we look at Sabretooth, Apex Predator, we can't not compare him to the OG Sabretooth. And one of the things that was a limiting factor, in my opinion, for the original Sabretooth was that everything he did was range two. Yes, he had aggressive, but he had to get there. And yeah, moving long was great, but it's still kind of was a struggle at times and you could easily kind of play around his ranges. So I like that they've given apex predator a way to kind of get in there a little bit and, and be in the thick of it. Well, also just going back to that comparison between OG Sabretooth and apex predator, uh, savage predator, the OG Sabretooth spender is also four power. So it's a lo- it takes a lot longer to actually get online and operational, right? Uh, I see what you did. So there. I'm, yeah, so I, I'm actually, I'm always a big fan of the cheaper spenders. Like, I know the, the the more expensive spenders are usually the bigger, flashier ones. They usually have a couple more things going for them. But I really like when you have a cheaper two or three cost spender uh, that feels just, it's a little bit stronger than your your regular attack, but it gives you a little bit of that extra, that extra bit of flavoring to it at all. Uh, so I, I really like Bloodthirsty Onslaught for that. I love the fact that it's online on turn two, or on round two, rather, uh, or, you know, earlier if you get punched. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I like it. I think there's a lot of utility with it. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. And functionally, I think it's online round one, if you think about it. And if you're playing Weapon X, you're probably bringing no matter the cost. And if you move medium... And then range three should get you within the midline or at least close. I'm my 
ranges are warped because I play so many 50 millimeter base characters. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I know Strange can move one time and then attack a middle objective at range three, but he's on that 50 mil and Sabretooth Apex Predator's on the 35. So I'm not sure if that range works out exactly right like that. However, it, I think the point still stands that if your opponent overextends in any way and you have no matter the cost, Bloodthirsty Onslaught can get you to an objective that you didn't think you were going to be able to get to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which so. is going to be really important in uh, objectives like Gamma Shelters or Demons Downtown or anything like that. Exactly, exactly. So I really like that. And and I think that you you hit the nail on the head with the cheaper spender. Yeah, but it does does some cool stuff. And And I think that you won't be disappointed with these six dice, especially with the pierce. I think that helps make it feel more like a seven dice attack. That's just me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other reason why I'm not too concerned about by the six dice, um, uh, dice pool for this one. Uh, cause as we discussed earlier, that pierce does effectively give it that extra little bit of punching power, uh, that you might not otherwise have. Exactly. So we have some superpowers now. <laughs> and the first one is an active superpower called Catch Runt. It's going to cost you three power. Choose an enemy character within range two and of size three or less and throw it medium Leland. This superpower can be used only once per turn. Oh, this is, uh, oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. And that, it's, that, it's that medium attached to it that's oh, just yeah. absolutely amazing oh yeah so what's cool about this is so vision has a medium throw his is cost one less but throwing it medium and it's size three is just so good and being able to displace a character in that way and a character like this it's like okay maybe the dice didn't hit for you and now you need to to get someone out of there so you can get this objective or you need to throw a Colossus into somebody. I mean, I just, I, I or love it. a Wolverine. Or a Wolverine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. And this is one of those that's just, I, I don't know. It's just a simple throw, but I feel like it's really nice. And then again, if you've got enough power, which it's, it's, it's expensive, but if you have enough power for a little bloodthirsty onslaught into a catch runt, I think could be pretty spicy. Oh yeah. Yeah, no for sure. And and look, as we go through these superpowers, I'm going to say that a lot. If you have the power, blah blah blah, insert thing, because that's going to be the theme as we go through this this character. We talked about how how valuable Bloodthirsty Onslaught is. Well, that's where the value runs out. <laughs> so, his next superpower is an active superpower called Primal Pounce. It's going to cost you three power. This character is thrown medium. It does not suffer damage if it collides with a character or terrain feature. This superpower can be used only once per turn. I love it. Give it to me. I love this one. It is Weapon X program on a card, which I just absolutely adore. Um, I was really upset when uh, when the new Wolverine lost access to that particular card. So to see it just on Sabretooth's card just makes me so happy. Yeah, I think this is really great. That medium throw, he's size three, so that's four incoming damage coming in. I mean, what more could you ask for? 
Well, oh, I know. And it, and it's a medium throw, too, so it's a really good chunk of distance that you're going as well. It really like, is. It, it's going to be hard to hide from Sabretooth if he has the power, uh, which creates an interesting dynamic. You don't want to attack him to power him up, but you can't ignore him either, right? Yeah, yeah. And we're going to talk about that once we <clears throat> kind of finish up the character talk here about how to deal with him, how he's going to deal with you. But you, you definitely hit on something that I want to come back to. And, and we'll talk about that in a minute. So his next superpower is another active superpower. So he doesn't have anything reactive. We've got one more after this, and it's healing factor one. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but he's got nothing reactive. So he's all offense, which I think makes a ton of sense. But uh, his, his superpower, stop. Let me, let me do the Sabretooth voice. Stop squealing and die. How was that? Is that good? It's a little Batman-y, but sure, let's do it. Oh, well, you know what? That's fine. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. This is a little sidebar for a second because it's hilarious. Have you ever seen the Batman Chooses His Voice video on YouTube? No, but this sounds amazing. Oh, my gosh. When we're done here, go listen to, and for the suits out there listening, this is not getting cut. <laughs> Batman chooses his voice. It's one of those like college humor things from like six years ago or something. Hilarious. It's, yeah, it's, I'll have to go check that out. It's it's amazing. Batman chooses his voice. It's it's <laughs> wonderful. So stop squealing and die. It's gonna cost you four power, Leland. Four. I I do not like this one. The I, I really don't. Claw slash or bloodthirsty onslaught attack made by this character this turn adds three dice to its attack roll. So before I give my thoughts, what do you think about this one? Because it sounds like you don't like it. It's too expensive. It's okay. too expensive for what it does. Um, and that's not to say that the that the economy isn't there because it's very common to see like one power more for you know, per per dice spent. Uh, but you look at the rest of his card. You look at how he gains power. His 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 builder is a range two attack, so you're not getting it off all the time. And you look at all his other powers, and I don't know. I I don't see an instance where I would prefer to spend four power to get three dice and not just spend three power and throw myself into someone for four damage guaranteed. Okay. I think I see where you're coming from on that. I, I think it's definitely not something you're going to do all the time. However, it is extremely valuable to add three dice to his builder like that. Like think about someone like, uh, juggernaut right juggernaut moves and he gets to add the dice so then he's rolling eight dice on his builder attack now juggernaut's maybe a unique example because he's only going to get to attack once typically but usually that's a pretty potent attack or someone like hulk right hulk when he rolls his eight dice hulk smash right usually pretty good attack and when you start getting into the eight dice territory, and I'm I'm only using this as it relates to claw slash as the, for this example, when you're when you're rolling eight dice, your chance for criticals exploding goes through the roof. Your chance for wilds, 
you know, triggers and stuff like that. I mean, it just ramps that up so much. And I do agree with you that primal pounce and like here, here's four damage, just boom, four damage that you have to deal with no matter what. Cool. But you know what you're not getting when you do that four damage? You're not getting power back. And I think that that matters. I think it does, but I don't know if it necessarily matters as much as... I, I, I don't know. I, I look at it and I feel like the Primal Pounce doesn't just give you that four guaranteed damage, but it also gives you two attacks, right? Yeah. Because you're now within range two, so you can now double tap. And so you can now go in with four damage into, you know, if you have the power of four damage into a six attack or four damage into two five dice attacks. And I just feel that that mobility is a much more important aspect to it, especially when you factor in how important mobility is in general uh, to this game. Um, it is yeah. a it is a big part of it, jumping on those objectives, like just putting that pressure on the the other people. And I don't pretend to be like a top tier competitive player, so I mean, somebody could come along and you know completely make me eat my lunch on this one. Um, I don't know. I just I see that four power as a trap. Yeah, it's one of those things where. I read it as more like a bit of a snowball. Since we're talking with someone from the Great White North, I think that makes perfect sense as an analogy. But uh, it's it's basically once you get that four power, and someone out there, if you know the math on this, like I don't know the math, okay? That is that that is not my strong suit all the time. Like every once in a while, I'd, I can kind of figure it out and, and whatnot. But on this one, I don't really know the math. But I look at it like, if I'm rolling eight dice into a standard physical defense, so three, maybe even four, and I'm rolling my eight dice, I expect to get four power back, or at least three, so then I can do something else. So, like, it's one of those things where maybe I think it's situational. You know, you're not going to necessarily use this all the time, but once this starts rolling, and especially, I think as we're going to talk about with another card that's coming up, we're going to talk about one of these tactics cards. I think you combine stop squealing and die with a tactics card that we're going to talk about. And you have a character that will literally delete anything. Okay. So I will agree with you there. It is, it is a very good clapback ability. If you just got punched by a Hulk or a Malkith or something like that, and you happen to still be within that, that range two or range three to clap back then yeah, okay, I, I get that. Like all of a sudden you're throwing a whole bunch of dice, maybe overwhelming them, and there there is a place for it. I'm not trying to say it's a bad uh, superpower. I, I just think it's not. a trap. I, yeah. and, that's, so. and that's fair. Like that's fair because I do think that if you don't use this at the right time, it is a trap. Because let's say you play shield, right? Shield, right? You know, oh, hey, I'm going to do a claw slash and we're going to spend four for the stop squealing and die. Cool. Eye in the sky. And then you feel yeah, real bad. Yeah. And that, and, and, yeah. And that one's nice because of the way the triggers work and all that. And, um, you know, cause you have to, you have to pay this before you do your attack. So you can possibly siphon out some power in that regard, but. Right. And, and so like in that situation, <laughs> or if you, I think escort to safety works the same way as, as eye in the sky does. So like, again, you're spending the power, you lose that power. I, I have to check that card real quick. But things like that, or shh, or, or the, the, the Scarlet Witch one, you know, stuff like that is definitely going to make you feel bad. But those things aren't as prevalent 
as I think other things are. And again, it's one of those things where I think once he gets there, once once Apex Predator is in the thick of it, and like you said, he's got hit a few times, but that's another thing, Leland. So let's let's come back and talk about this character in the overall now. And you alluded to it earlier, where talking about hitting this character and then his ability to hit back, right? So if you line up against a Apex Predator, you have a choice to make. Do you feed him the power he needs to get rolling or do you try to control him, keep him away, maybe try to uh, run away from him? Because that's, that's, I think, the biggest limitation with this character is his ability to, quote-unquote, get there, even though I think he still can rather easily. He, he is a great character for applying pressure on the board, which I really like. Um, I think he, he can definitely punch above his weight. I don't think he's going toe-to-toe with all the five-plus threats, um, but I think he can definitely hang in there for a couple rounds. Uh, which I think is a really important aspect of it. Uh, I think he just eats the lunch of of a three threat and blow. Like if if you're if you're sending him up against any three threats, he is just gonna have a heyday with them uh, and have a lot of fun. Uh, but that's what Saber Two should be doing, right? Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and I agree with you. I think that he he's definitely going to whatever side of the board he's on. If you just your best chance, I think, is to ignore him. Because if you let him get rolling, it's gonna be nasty. It's gonna oh, be yeah. nasty. The second the, the second he has power to do what he wants to do, he's just gonna carve a line right through your your squad. Exactly. And you mentioned punching above his weight class. I, I think again, tactics card included, it uh he really really hits way harder than I think you might you, like you might you might be surprised you know what I mean so I, I'm excited to to talk about that stuff but notice here Leland one of the things we didn't mention and we know that there's a new affiliation weapon X affiliation coming with this box and that's no leadership here so that means the leadership is a tactics card so we're going to talk about that in just a second but do you have any other final thoughts on Apex Predator here? Because I think that this character is obviously power hungry. Very obviously power hungry, has a lot of things to spend his power on. But I also think that he's one of those characters that once that power train starts rolling, it ain't stopping. And because of that, I don't necessarily think he's as power hungry as some other characters we've seen on the board. Uh, I only think he's power hungry if you're trying to get stop squealing and die off all the time. Yeah. If you're only looking for like the the catch runs and the primal pounces, I think you're gonna have plenty of opportunity to get them in two, maybe three times a game. Um, because again, that that five dice builder with a pierce, uh, and then him just potentially taking damage in natural power generation over the course of the game will give him opportunities to do that. And I think a I think a canny player is gonna have gonna have some some ways of moving around that and, you know, depending on how you kit out your cards, if you have like a a no matter the cost, you know, you can you can get in your bloodthirsty onslaught a little bit easier and gain some gain some health back for it. So 
I, I like him. I, I think he's he's a very refined Sabretooth, and uh, he actually looks very exciting to take on the table. Yeah, I agree. I think that he's much more focused than I think the other one was in, in a way. I don't know how, if that's the right way to put it, but like, you know, it's it's murder machine and cool. If you want to run away from him, cool, he'll chase you down. You know, I, I really like the way this is designed, and I think it's just a very interesting and fun character that is going to be a, be a bit of a menace, I think. So I'm excited to see how he goes on the tabletop. But as for affiliations... I mean, it's safe to assume that he's going to be in the Weapon X affiliation that comes in that box. But uh, what other affiliations do you feel like would make Apex Predator happy? Uh, well, I mean, the the first thing I always do these days when I look at any new character coming out is I think, okay, will he work in S.H.I.E.L.D.? <laughs> I think the answer to that and... question is yes. <laughs> Well, I mean, when all you have is a hammer, everything is a nail, right? Uh, <laughs> I, I think he would. Like, I don't think he necessarily plays with the the meta shield list, which is a little bit more of a defensive gun line. Uh, but I think there is an aggressive build in there that could be very interesting. I do like the idea of running him up the board paired by by a She-Hulk, for instance, uh, which was something I really enjoyed doing with the original Sabretooth as well. Uh, mm -hmm. Just have She-Hulk and Sabretooth run up. Um, so I think that's kind of interesting, uh, but to, to more seriously answer your question, like any, any affiliation where he's going to be able to get a little bit of extra power is definitely going to go a long way for him. Um, so I think, uh, you know, to tossing him in Avengers. I mean, everyone always loves going in Avengers, right? Oh yeah. That's, that's never a bad, uh, a bad option there. Uh, could be really quite good. Uh, interestingly enough, I think he also can bring some muscle to convocation. Yeah, so it's probably surprising no one at this point. I guess Convocation has become like Web Warriors were for me, where everybody's into Convocation. Uh, it's one of those things where I think that he's interesting there, right? So I've been that four-threat splash spot has been one for me that has been difficult to nail down. And I'm using the Sentinels right now, and like Sentinel Prime plus a Mark IV Sentinel to kind of use that, but I definitely think that Sabretooth Apex Predator is interesting there, not because that he's going to gain more power or that he's necessarily going to uh, do, like, you know, he doesn't really synergize with the Mystic stuff. Like, he's got the four Mystic defense, but he also has the four physicals, so you're kind of cool with that. But um, where I think it makes things interesting is the leadership the placement side. So circle of the cosmos of the leadership. Okay, cool. You damaged me with an attack. I'm now going to place closer to you and I have power. Cool. I'm going to eat you. You're, you're, you're eight now. You're saber tooth food. Cool. You know what I mean? So like, I think that aspect of it is one I like, but it would take changing some play patterns a little bit, I think on my end, because I tend to play more cagey with that placement, whereas Sabretooth can be like, okay, I'm going to be more aggressive. And trying to try that out, I think, is one of those those areas which I'm going to definitely, definitely play with. So another place that I think he could be pretty good in is Guardians of the Galaxy, and that's because of the winging it tokens. I mean, 
yeah, getting re-rolls on anyone is always good, and I know that the Guardian's shtick is to play pretty wide, but when you have a character like Apex Predator, being able to make those dice even that much more consistent with the pierces, with stuff like that, I think it turns on that like just extreme damage threat that he can be. And it makes that power generation that much more consistent and good. And I I find that to be something very interesting. And then, like, let's just say that you have those winging it tokens on him and that maybe he needs to use them for defense. I think you're okay with that, too, because now you're able to kind of just sustain a little longer, which I really like. Yeah, I can definitely see him in Guardians. And he, he keeps up with them with his, with his medium movement. Um, I love this image actually of Gamora up one flank, Sabretooth up the other flank, and just kind of trying to funnel everyone into the center. Yes. Uh, which sounds a lot of fun. Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh, that sounds just super gross, and I love it so much. Um, it's funny because there's really a lot of places that I feel like Apex Predator could fit into, and you know, obviously the Cabal and Avenger, you know, Red Skull, Cabal, Avengers, I think that's obviously a given. I think something like Inhumans is interesting too, being able to get power to him. Anywhere where he can get the power, right? I think it just makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, I mean, I, I even kind of, I, I, I'm entertaining the idea of him in Midnight Suns as well, just for that extra little range one bump oh that, uh, that he can sometimes jump in there. I was thinking the same um, thing. Yeah, I I don't th I don't think it's as beneficial to him because I mean as you discussed like he likes to spend his power elsewhere, uh, but I mean if it gets you into if he gets you into range of that claw slash or even gets you into the range of the primal um the primal pounce or even the catch run, uh, it's you know you it's power well spent. Exactly, and it's one of those things where we could go through every single affiliation here and give you a reason to put him in there, and I think that, that speaks to. Yeah, he's really splashable, I think, but also just, I think he's just focused, and if you need to have some kind of murder machine, he's super solid. Like, I, I think Storm's X-Men is a really interesting one where he could get the place, but I don't think it's so much about the place, it's the fact that he's going to have cover, because like we talked about when we were going over this character, getting there is going to be the thing, right? When you get there, you're going to be amazing, but you got to get there, and having that cover... I think is going to be huge. So I don't, yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of good spots for him to be that, uh, that make a lot of sense. Brotherhood, obviously, like, I don't know if he's going to be affiliated in brotherhood, but if he is, I mean, getting that extra power from that is just going to be so awesome. I think it's the sign of a well-designed card when we can look at almost any affiliation in the game and go, yeah, okay. I can see play there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I'd be remiss if I didn't say that he could totally play in web warriors, which you know, I think he could. I don't think he's necessarily, you know, a key cog in the Web Warrior train, but I think it could be super fun. So, yeah. 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 So, Leland, that is Sabretooth Apex Predator. Now, we do have a couple of questions from our Discord for this character. So, uh, let's go ahead and answer those real quick before we move on to the tactics cards. And uh, if you're interested and you would like to become part of the chillest, the illest, the realest, the thrillest, most excellent, awesome time Discord channel, you can check out the Patreon for House Party Protocol. It's patreon.com slash 
house party protocol for as little as a dollar a month or 12 bucks a year, you can join us and have a good time. Talk about MCP, talk about board games, talk about the MCU, talk about painting, talk about Marvel Snap, all of that fun stuff. So check that out if you're interested. Uh, but first up, we have Brian Freddy says, what effectively makes the new version of these characters better or worse than their original counterparts? Which version do you prefer? So Leland, I think that with Logan and Sabretooth specifically, I prefer the new versions as opposed to the old versions because I think the new versions are a little bit more focused and a little bit more, um, I don't, I, I don't know what the word is, but maybe like the, the mental load is not there to get the most out of them. I feel like that you can, you can kind of see what they're going for and just kind of go for it. You know what I mean? Does it make sense? Yeah, I I agree with you on Wolverine 100%. Uh, looking at Logan the Wolverine versus uh, Wolverine himself, the card just feels better designed, more refined. Uh, it feels like there's there's a little bit more thought that's gone into how does everything work together uh, with yeah. his card versus the, the original Wolverine. Uh, as far as Sabretooth goes, I do think that there's still actually some decent play for OG Sabretooth. Uh, I still really like OG Sabretooth. He's, he's got that long movement. He's got that harasser. Um, you can still add dice to your, to your next attack, uh, for a less, for less of a cost than, uh, than new Sabretooth, for instance. So I, I think there's still definitely play for it. I do kind of give Apex Predator a slight edge over OG Sabretooth in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I, I do like both Sabretooths quite a bit. Yeah, I do think uh, you're right. Sabretooth, original Sabretooth, is is still a very good, very viable, but I think uh, situational character, and and one that it's more like you've got to kind of have a plan for him, I think, and, and where he's good, and when he does have that game where he just pops off, it feels really good. But um, I do just enjoy the, the idea of what Sabretooth Apex Predator brings to the game. I think that it's just... It's an insane focus on the kill stuff that we haven't seen in a while. And it and it just, I think it sounds fun. So, yeah. Which one do I prefer? Like I said, it's the other two there, the new two. So next one, we got Cthulhu Taku says, Where do you rank the song Apex Predator from the Mean Girls Broadway musical? And I would say rank it. I mean, it's, it's number one in our hearts. Definitely. <laughs> I, I knew I forgot to do something before coming on here today, and it was why I listened to that song. It's, it's uh, solid. So, yeah, I, I got nothing on that one. It's solid. Just just go check it out, Apex Predator from the Mean Girls Broadway musical. I know what you're thinking, Suits. You're like, why is this dude talking about the Mean Girls Broadway musical? I asked that same question, but neither here nor there. So Half-Ass Ninja says, would Sabretooth, Apex Predator, be able to take down the one true Apex Predator Randy Orton. We're we're getting some uh, some odd questions this week. Uh, <laughs> Randy Orton is is he some sort of wrestler? I take it he would be the wrestler that uh, is in the GIF above this one. He, he is the wrestler, eh? Well, I mean he he's no million dollar man, so uh, <laughs> I, I I think 
I think I think Sabretooth might have the edge because you know the, the all those comic book powers and everything, right? Yeah, I but, would say uh, I'd say so. But Randy Orton can can preen to the crowd and and get powered up that way. There you go. I like it. I think that's that's a really measured approach to this uh, this question. So we'll come back with some more questions after we talk about these tactics cards, Leland. But uh, let's jump right into that. So first things first, let's talk about the leadership card with weapon x and yes it is a card so we have now seen three instances of this it'll be the convocation leadership which does not count against your tactics cards limit the corvus black order leadership and now we have are you sure you want to remember so it is weapon x it is reactive after deployment laura kinney or James Logan Howlett may play this card. The character that played this card gains three memory tokens and the following leadership ability. So one of the things about this game I love is like these just random tokens. It's like, here, just let's just have these random tokens and you're just going to get a whole bunch of them. Like I, I bought some generic tokens from Art of War Studios earlier this year and I'm glad I did because it's just here. These are my generic tokens. Here you go. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I gotta have so many tokens. Yes. Gotta have them all. So note that in this wall of text that we have here, nowhere does it say that this is an extra tactics card. So that's, that's one of those things that's going to count towards your five, but you do not have to declare who your leader is until after deployment, which I definitely love. So it was you is the name of the leadership. When an allied weapon X character is targeted by an attack, it may remove one memory token from this character. If it does, it adds two dice to its defense roll. Then, after the attack is resolved, if no damage was suffered as a result of the attack, the allied character may advance short toward the attacking character. Additionally, when an allied character is dazed or KO'd by an enemy effect, this character gains a memory token. This character may have a maximum of three memory tokens. So that's a lot to discuss, but basically the long and short of it is either X-23 or some version of Wolverine is going to have these three tokens when a Weapon X character specifically so you can't splash in, say, Zemo, and Zemo get access to this. It is only Weapon X-affiliated characters. So when a Weapon X character is targeted, you get to add two dice to their defense roll. And then if you got lucky on that defense roll and you didn't take any damage, boom, you can go closer to the person that attacked you. So, Leland, before we get into what we like and don't like about this leadership, as I'm about to do that, now that I say that, uh, there's one thing I definitely don't like about this, and it's when you have this leadership, it says you take no damage, you get to advance towards the attacker, right? That's really cool. That plays into the aggressive nature, I think, of the characters within the Weapon X thing. But then it says you only get leadership tokens or memory tokens when your characters get dazed or KO'd not when you do the dazing or the KOing. And I feel like that that is a miss. 
Yeah, uh, I'm inclined to agree. I I don't. I look at this card and I kind of lament the fact that it takes up one of my tactics cards for it, because uh, I don't want to. I don't want to discount the value of two extra dice on your defense, especially when you're looking at like six physical defense on a couple of your characters, or even as a way to buff up some weaker mental or mystic defenses. But it just. It is such a limited economy that you have on this card. And it I think a lot of players are going to get stuck into traps where they hold on to the tokens when they should be spending them or they spend them when they should be holding on to them. And it creates a layer of uncertainty that I think is going to trip a lot of players up. And I'm... Yeah, I don't know. It's It's not a bad leadership. I just, I don't like the economy of it all. I agree with you. I think that this is actually a solid, I think it's solid, right? And if this was printed on someone's card, you'd be like, cool, I can ride with that. But the fact that it costs you a tactics card slot, I think is one where it has to be extremely valuable, right? Like, this is the way I look at it. If it costs you a tactics card slot, it has to be an insanely valuable ability and yes rolling extra defense dice is huge on a character like logan the wolverine being able to roll four physical or four energy defense is going to be huge bumping up your mystic to four like let's say you're going up against convocation right saying okay i'm my idea would be like all right i'm going to target wolverine with mystic attacks and just burn him down as fast as i can well now it's going to be four defense dice. And the likelihood of me doing damage on my five dice attack versus your four defense dice instead of your two just went way down. So now, okay, cool, Wolverine's in my face. Awesome. That's horrible. So I think things like that. But to your point, the mental load of like, when do you spend it? When don't you spend it? And I think that that's one of those, like, if you're sitting there, I don't have all the answers for that question either by the way suits but i think like one of the things you can think of is you're sitting there you're about to get dazed and it's the second attack that hit you this turn you haven't activated yet or something like that you could so it's a lot of a lot of caveats but maybe you're like okay i'm gonna spend it and then if i do get dazed cool i get one back if i don't get dazed cool i'm still pretty hurt i get to activate and i get to screw you up you know what i'm saying yeah yeah, and I, I definitely think that there's there's play for it there. And even just the fact that if you happen to to blank them out on damage, uh, the fact that you get that short advance um, after that is is a nice little touch that just puts them into an even more threatening position, which, again, not to be discounted. Uh, yeah. But uh, it, it's just I – and this is going to be a problem that comes up with another card as well. I feel it gives a little bit too much control to the other person, though, mm-hmm. to the other player. Uh, in that, you know, they they almost directly govern how many of these tokens you're going to get over the course of a game. Exactly. And I, I don't like it when that power is taken out of my hands. No, I think that's exactly it, is that we're sitting here looking at this, and, like, if you play into Web Warriors, the three you start with is probably the three you're getting. You know what I mean? Like, if you play that, like, runaway Web Warrior style, or you mentioned the shield gun line, cool, you come into me. You're going to have less of these than you think. And and so, like those are just two examples of like just the control style game 
that I feel like is going to be really difficult to deal with with this leadership specifically. And Leland, we're going to go through the rest of these cards. But the first thing I want to ask you is, if you're playing the Weapon X affiliation, do you feel like it's necessary to have this card in your squad? I think it's definitely in your roster. But do you feel like it's necessary to have this on the table most games? It does not feel like a must-take to me. It feels very situational. It feels like you have to look at your opponent. You have to look at the scenario and uh, make a determination then. Yeah, it doesn't feel stapled on. I completely agree. I, I think this is one of those things where when we're looking at this, and again, it's a leadership, so you it should be strong and, and all of that stuff, and you're going to feel weird if you don't take it, I think, at times. But realistically, I don't think you have to have this all the time. Like, I think that if the whole no damage, advancing short could could really open up some objective play and stuff, so, like, you have to think about that. But this is one where I think if you sit down at the table and you look at your opponent's roster and you think, what am I going to do against that? I don't need this. There's no mystic attacks in that roster, so maybe I don't need to buff my defenses too much. I have exceptional healing. I have no matter the cost. That's two tactics card slots that I think every Weapon X player is going to take up right there, not to mention some of the other ones. <laughs> so... I think that you you aren't necessarily locked into this, but I do think you want it in your 10. I don't disagree with you there. Yeah. So the next tactics card that I'd like to talk about is one that I think is stapled. And I mean just like it is literally the first card that you're like, all right, well, I know this is coming, and it's not no matter the cost, and it's not exceptional healing. And that is Dossier. This card's amazing. So it's it's insane. It's insane. I love this card. It, to me, this is their leadership card, if I'm being honest with you. <laughs> like, like this is the card. This is the leadership card. So I... Oh, it is such a trap, though. Oh, it's a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap, but it's awesome. So just, just let me... just. It's a wall of tech suits. Wall of tech. So just strap in, and then we'll talk about it. It's Weapon X card, so you have to be playing Weapon X. Obviously, it's reactive. During the first power phase, an allied Logan the Wolverine, so specifically it's naming their, their character names, not their alter ego names, so keep that in mind. An allied Logan the Wolverine, Sabretooth Apex Predator, or X-23 character may play this card. Your opponent chooses one of their characters. It is now holding the dossier, objective token. It is an asset, so that is important for certain characters. I'm not sure which ones, but it is important that it's an asset here. If an allied Weapon X character is holding this token, its movement speed becomes long, and it adds two dice to its attack rolls. Any character may use the following interact ability. Interact with the dossier, pick up this token. So it's not just Weapon X characters that can pick it up. Additionally, the character that played this card gains the superpower shown below. It is a innate superpower, so they always have it, called Give Me That. When attacking the character holding the dossier token, this character may modify or re-roll skull results and may re-roll 
any number of attack dice. At the start of this character's activation, if there is an enemy character holding the dossier token within range two of this character, this character's first action must be an attack action targeting that character if able. Okay, Leland. That was a lot. Yes. Let's break it down. First things first, only three characters can play it. Logan the Wolverine, Sabretooth Apex Predator, or X-23. Cool. Got that. The third, the second thing, <laughs> I almost jumped to the third thing. Second thing, if one of those characters has that dossier token, they can move long and add two dice to their attack rolls. If you've played against X-23, you know that that could be nasty. Sabretooth Apex Predator will be nasty. And then Logan the Wolverine, that will be nasty. Especially if he's not around any of his friends. Those two things. So that's like, that's, that's all really good, right? Sounds good, yes. Okay. So the last part is give me that part. So now the character that played that, whatever character your opponent decides to give the dossier to. So basically, like if we're playing a match, Leland, I'm playing Weapon X, you're playing Shield. I sit down, I say, okay, uh, I'm playing Dossier, and it's and it's Apex Predator that's playing it. Who do you want to give the thing to? You you say whichever character you want. Who would you say? Uh, honestly, in S.H.I.E.L.D. it doesn't matter because I'm just going to eye in the sky away every single time you get a chance to punch him. Well, there's that. So, yeah. Um, but uh, as, as far as that, I think it really depends on what your game style is because I think there's two schools of thought on what you can do on this. You either give it to your big beefies that are going to be hard to take down, or you give it to your your small characters that can just run away all game. Yes. Right? And just kind of stay out of range. Yep. So I, I think it it really depends on what you're looking looking for in that regard. Yeah, so either way, whatever character has that token, whatever opponent character has that token to start the game, then you're going to get all the re-roll. Reroll any is so good. And you get to re-roll skulls. So good. So good. So, why do I like this card so much? It's because... Violence. It's violence. and It's violence. <laughs> a character like Wolverine or a character like Apex Predator is really going to love this card, specifically because of the reroll mechanic. More so than getting the two dice and moving along. Like, I think that part of it is, is like a little icing. But the nice part is, and I think that as you you climb up levels of competitive play, right, that some some strategies will open up around this. And, you know, me and my buddies kind of goofed off here locally with it a little bit. And like you said, there's two schools of thought. It's run away with it. It's put it on someone like Wong, who, cool, you, like, you're going to use one of your big characters to go after Wong. Fine, I guess. And then... You also have to like put it on a character like Hulk, right? So like if you put it on Hulk, you've got 20 damage to Choo Choo, which you can with the reroll any. However, Hulk is going to be like, okay, cool. I'm going to throw you medium and I'm going to move away. I'm going to throw you medium. I'm going to gamma leap away. You know, that kind of stuff. Like I'm going to play keep away also. So I think that's another thing. And like, I think this is one of those where as, as you kind of unlock it, and you figure out where this works and where it doesn't, 
it's definitely going to catch some people off guard. But I also think that, again, much like the leadership, you you have to think about how you apply it. And I do think this is stapled in most instances. However, where I think it's not and where you probably don't want to deal with it is if your opponent has a Malekith, it is pointless. And Black Cat, because you don't get to re-roll into them. Two of the most commonly used characters. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But that's the thing. Uh, I, I think this card is powerful enough to where, like, if your opponent doesn't have those characters, the biggest grin is on your face. So I'm going to take the other stance on this one. I don't even know if it makes my roster. What? And, well, there's a couple reasons for it. First off, it gives your opponent an inordinate amount of control over your list. It gives your opponent the ability to basically say, this is the person you're going to be attacking. And you've now expended a tactics card uh, to do so, which to me means you have to go chasing this one if you've used it, because otherwise you've just burnt a card for no particular reason. Uh, I know there's some arguments saying, well, you know, if the person just decides to run away with it, you've you removed a two or a three threat from from the game and they're not doing anything. But a lot of those two and three threats can still move up, grab an objective, and then run away. So not only are they scoring a point, but they're also taking one of your tactics cards. So that's that's the first reason I'm I'm not really a huge fan of it off the off the hop. The second reason is, is that if they do happen to give it to one of their big beefy characters, once again, they're basically saying, you now have to engage. Avoidance is no longer is no longer an option with this particular character. And it can basically dictate where you're going, how you're playing. Um, and yeah, I just, I don't feel the payoff is worth it, especially considering you're probably not getting that payoff until about round three. Interesting. Yeah, see, and that's so, the thing. The the long move and the two dice, I don't think that is the payoff part. I think the payoff part is the rerolls. I don't even think the rerolls are the payoff point because I think a lot of the Weapon X characters already have a lot of damage output that the rerolls really just give them an extra little bit of consistency. But a lot of the stuff you're going to be pointing them at is already going to be taking a bunch of damage anyway. Yeah, fair. So That's fair. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think thematically... This card is very cool. I think it's very cute in casual games. I see a lot of play for it. Uh, I just think that there's going to be a lot of people who kind of get blinders on with this card, and they kind of lose the, the the greater scope of what's going on. Okay, now that part I do agree with you, is if you just play this card with without any thought and, and without like a plan, like to your point, the running away aspect, the, the ability for your opponent to dictate the game, I think that's fair. However, I feel like that the nature of Crisis Protocol is especially feels like recently it's been like engage, 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 engage as much as possible. And not and that's not like a tried and true thing, but I think that that's definitely like a, it feels like that's what Weapon X wants to do. feels like what we've seen a lot of the newer releases want to do and stuff like that. And when I see this card and it's like, okay, cool, I'm playing Dossier. Well, now I'm playing it on Apex Predator, and we're and again crisis specific. So like, if you're playing on on intrusions, if you're playing on demons, gamma, uh, deadly meteors, any of these secures where you're you're gonna be close to your opponent, you're gonna potentially have a fight, and there's nowhere for them to go unless they just give up objectives. Cool, 
and and you can play around that. I think, and, and as the Weapon X player, you can say, okay, well, if you're going to to have Captain America with the dossier token, and you're just gonna gonna run him away from Sabretooth the whole game, cool. Well, that opens up Sabretooth to do other things potentially. That opens up you moving him into a suboptimal position where Logan or X-23 or some other Weapon X character that we don't even know about is sitting there able to do something. So, like, I think that it's definitely a mental load-raising thing, but I think it creates some very interesting interactions that applied appropriately will be very cool. I think you have some you have some uh, merits to that that particular argument. Um, I personally don't quite agree with the impact there, but it's also one of those things where you know I I've been known to have bad hot takes, so we'll see if this shakes out in the end, right? Yeah, that's yeah, I mean, look, the spicy takes flow over here for sure, and I mean, look, you have had an immortal kingpin at a time or two, so there's that. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. You, you yeah. mean yours isn't? No, no, mine's definitely not got the immortal kingpin on there. So the, the one thing I, I will say is just you're going to have to, Suits, try this card out. Try these characters out for yourself because I feel like this card and the leadership specifically as we go through are really interesting and you have to like think about what you're doing with them before you just throw it on the table and say, I'm doing this. That's all. So yeah, absolutely. next tactics card we have is Gotta Get Some Air. It is an unaffiliated reactive tactics card. When any character ends an advance or is placed within range two of an allied Logan, the Wolverine, after the effect is resolved, Logan may play this card. Logan, the Wolverine, advances his speed away from the character that triggered this effect. He may not contest objectives this round. I like it. Like, oh, you're coming for me? I'm going to get out of here real quick. I don't think enough people are talking about this card at the moment. I mean, it's spider tracker, uh, but it's medium. It's what I really like about this is that particular sentence at the very beginning, when any character ends in advance or is placed, that means friendly characters as well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Which means you can give Wolverine a medium advance right off the hop at the start of the game before anything else has really happened. Yep. But you do have to and, note it is away from that character, so you have to you have to move in such oh, a way where it would go away. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But I mean, it's not uncommon to have sort of that backfield objective holder anyway, right? Mm -hmm. So that's just like okay, hop behind Wolverine and then hop back onto the objective, done. Right? Yep. It's it's very easy to do. Um, I love this card. I've I've played around with it a couple times. Uh, at this point, and every single game I've played it in, it has put Wolverine in such a threatening position. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and Because he's now got range three attacks, and yep. he has places on all his attacks. Uh, also, I want to point out that it's just you can't contest objective tokens. My understanding on this is, is he, he, he can still pick stuff up. He uh, can yeah. still pick up hammer. Yeah, uh, as far as I know, that's how that works. Yeah, so sure, you might not be scoring a point on a on a secure objective, but you know you've moved him up medium. You do you make one more advance with him, and now all of a sudden he's within range of his attacks, mm -hmm. and you get a place with that. Like that's that makes him very mobile, very dangerous right off the hop. 
and it means uh, turn one plays where somebody's maybe throwing like a like a small little three threat skirmisher up a flank or something like that is now very much being threatened by Wolverine. Absolutely, I love it. I'm right there with you. I think you've you've said all that needs to be said about gotta get some air. Super good. The next card we have is Happy Birthday Runt. It is unaffiliated and active. Victor Creed may spend three power to play this card. So note it says Victor Creed, so it could be Apex or regular version. Choose an enemy character within range three and line of sight and with an activated token. Victor Creed immediately makes the attack shown above targeting the chosen character. It's called Ambush. It is range three, six dice. The defending character does not benefit from cover. Enemy characters cannot use reactive superpowers or team tactics cards during this attack. If this attack targets James Logan Howlett, after the attack is resolved, the target character drops all objective tokens it is holding. This seems fun, but it's also three it's power. There's not. also a lot of caveats on it. A lot of caveats. Like lot of caveats. Uh, the, the fact that it has to it has to be a character that has an activated token on it as well. Yes. Uh, there, there's a lot going on with it for a six dice attack where you turn off defensive tech and cover. Meh. Completely agree. So yeah. I think it's very meh. So the next and last tactics card we have here is Call the Pack. It is a Weapon X affiliated card. It is reactive. And uh, worth noting, the card art here has Sabretooth, Deadpool, Maverick, and Lady Deathstrike. I don't know. I don't know, Leland. Just saying, card art. Uh, it could be burying the lead. Yeah, that's it. I don't know. When an allied Weapon X character removes damage from itself, it may spend two power to play this card. The character that played this card advances short. Then all allied characters within range three of it may advance short toward the character that played this card. So basically it's kind of like a weird Avengers assemble in a way. Uh, and I like it. I think it's getting that extra movement on these characters that want to be damaging people sounds amazing. It is definitely a skill ceiling card, I think. Oh, yes. Um, I think it's a card that if you don't really get the mechanics of it or you're just kind of playing around with it, you're not going to get a lot of use out of it. But once you've kind of unlocked it, uh, there are going to be some some players who this just clicks with and it is just going to do mean and disgusting things. Yes, completely agree. And it's one of those where I, I look at it like Winter Rush in a way almost where it's like, when you finally figure out the pattern and how to play that card, it's really strong and really good. But this is one where, again, like once you figure out like kind of the placement of everything, and especially on those clumped up scenarios, like I mentioned earlier, intrusions, gamma, stuff like that, this is going to be paying dividends, I think. It's I can definitely see it being really great following a, uh, a Midnight Phantasmagoria. Oh my gosh, yes. So next up, it says uh, we've got some questions. So we got two questions here, three from one person, but two questions here uh, to finish off the show. We've got Rylan who says, who do you see getting the leadership more? X-23, Logan, or uh, Wolverine? So uh, Logan or Wolverine. If your answer is it depends, give examples for your criteria. And I would say probably, for me, it's probably Logan is more often or not the leader because you can kind of operate on an island with him and you can kind of choose whether or not you want to be on your own or whether or not you want to be close. 
the, the reason why I don't think X-23 should be the leader as much is simply because she can be pretty squishy. And yes, the leadership gives you some access to some defense, but I've definitely seen X-23 go down like a, like a hot knife through butter. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think uh, I think it really it it does depend. It depends on what your game plan is. It depends on how you plan on running your whole team. I don't think either one is actually a bad option for it. Agree. Uh, one factor I will call out is that uh, it's going to depend a lot on what the final wording of the card is, because we have. <laughs> We have seen some some cheeky little people, and there's some discussion around whether or not the final card is going to be placing tokens on the card or placing tokens on the character. Um, so, I mean, if if this one is completely... If what we've seen revealed by AMG is going to be the final print, I think it doesn't really matter who you place it on. I, I think it works either way. Um, but if it's being placed on the tactics card itself, you get a little bit more... You get a bit, a little bit more leeway with it, um, but I don't think there's a bad answer, to be honest. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Who plays dossier? Same as above example. So I think it's Sabretooth, personally, because you want him to snowball and do that damage. And getting reroll any means your stop wheeling and die is just that much more potent. I mean, if I was forced to take Dossier, I'd actually go with Wolverine. There you go. I mean, um, and a lot of that comes down to all his attacks have that place effect, mm -hmm. which is really important. Uh, but he also has the uh, the the throw for his uh, uh, what I do isn't very nice. Yeah. So you can actually throw a target a little bit closer to make Dossier a little bit easier to pick up for you. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I like that. So... For, for my logic, uh, like I said, it's it's just all about getting that snowball to happen with with Sabretooth. And I think that Logan is a really interesting and good character for it as well. The only reason why I don't think it's particular... Like, I think Logan, if you're planning on playing Clumped Up, sounds pretty solid. Because you, you won't be having On the Hunt active as often. So I think that that makes, makes a lot of sense there. And... I think X-23 is one of those characters where if you play it on her, you're not going to be disappointed, especially because if you can like maybe Adamantium Slash or Claw Rush into somebody and then Frenzy into the character that has it, I think you could, could really create some interesting situations there. But like I said, I think it's Sabretooth. Uh, who do you think gets the affiliated tag? The internet is wild with speculation. So I think we're going to see Deadpool and Domino would be kind of the two be affiliated for sure. Outside of that, I'm not really sure in the game right now who who all would be affiliated or not. I would assume that the original versions of these characters would be affiliated like Wolverine and Sabretooth, but what about you? So because they did point out James Logan Howlett for the leadership, I'm going to assume Wolverine, like the OG Wolverine is, mm -hmm. is definitely on here. Uh, and because they have uh, Happy Birth... Oh, wait, that's an affiliate, so never mind on that one. Uh, I think... <sighs> I, I think Deadpool is probably a decent, uh, a decent guess on it. I would really like to see Honey Badger in there as oh, well. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, but outside of that, honestly, I'm not, I, I'm not familiar enough with the Weapon X program roster, like characters, to, to really say one way or the other uh, on yeah. who might be in there and who might not be. 
So there's definitely, in the comics, there's an argument that's like, oh, well, Captain America was part of the Weapon Plus program that was like the precursor to Weapon X, so maybe you could make that argument. I don't see that happening. Uh, that would make me so happy. It'd be amazing. Uh, but I could, I don't know. I think that the two I mentioned are the ones that I would be like, yeah, these two for sure, no question. Uh, because it just makes sense. You know, Domino specifically, and then Deadpool specifically. Like those two. Mm. Uh, other than that, I, I'm, I'm interested to see who all gets to be affiliated there. Um, yeah, so I'm excited. And the final question from BF Trick. Is Weapon X a solo or dual-affiliated roster? And I don't know about you, Leland. For me, it's dual, period. Like, I am not going to run Weapon X solo. I am 100% right there with you. I don't think Weapon X's objective game is as strong as some other affiliations. So I think having an, an affiliation, like, in your roster that can handle that is definitely worthwhile. Absolutely. I, I think that being able to pivot to some objective thing, I actually think, interestingly enough, they pair well with something like a Web Warriors, I think could be very right interesting, with, yeah. you know, because then you can play that objective game, you can play that murder machine, snowball stuff, and characters like Venom or Miles or Black Cat can slot into your Weapon X and feel pretty good about it. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Yeah, so, and, and I think that that's just one example. I think there's other dual affiliation things that you could do. I mean, I think Cabal or Avengers also makes a ton of sense so lots of lots of fun things wakanda i think is another one that would be be solid so uh yeah i think either x-men or brotherhood absolutely yeah that's the thing like I, I think that you can duel with a lot of them but you just have to choose and have a plan for what you're going to do with both yeah so yeah, for sure leland that uh that wraps us up for this week's episode of house party protocol where can people find you I am all over the interwebs. You can, uh, anywhere you see Aegis Brand Studios or even just Aegis Brand, that's usually me. Uh, I am always chilling on the House Party Protocol Discord. It is my home away from home. I absolutely love it there. Uh, and we are planning a, a, a coup to take it over. We're going to give Merzane some more powers to, uh, <laughs> to organize everything, and it's going to be great. Like um, uh, otherwise, you can find me on YouTube and Facebook at Aegis Brand Studios. Thank you so much for uh, coming on with me today, Leland. It's always a good time. And I hope suits out there that you guys got something interesting out of this and make sure to let us know what you think either through the discord there, or you can send us messages at housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com. You can send us messages over on Facebook. Let us know what you think about weapon X, what you think about these characters and what you think about these tactics cards. And uh, also make sure to let Leland know how cold his hot takes are. <laughs> So, uh, no, it's, uh, it's really great. I feel like we, we covered a lot in this episode and we, we talked about a lot of different things and let us know if you've uncovered any secret tech with these characters and where you think they're going to best slot in. And also, like I said before, make sure to, if you're interested, check out the Patreon, like I said, for as little as a dollar a month or 12 bucks a year, you can come and hang out in the discord and support the show. And uh, all the, the money that we get goes straight to the podcast, you know, to the giveaways and that kind of stuff. Speaking of which, uh, I'm going to, I said it was going to be this week, but it's going to actually be next week. We're going to announce the next giveaway. I've got a, a fun bit planned there, but it is going to be the Weapon X, Sabretooth, and Logan the Wolverine box. So just be ready for that. And uh, yeah, make sure 
to stick around right here. We've got some fun stuff coming up to start the next year. I'm really excited. And uh, yeah, party on, Leland. Party on, Will. And power down suits. Mm -hmm.